That's goals. good. And, and so that was five seconds of silence brought from brought to uh, your wonderful ear holes from uh, the void that is hidden in the shadows. Uh, it, deeper in the hidden shadows is a secret chamber in which I am Kan Van Trong, uh, also known by my IGN handle uh, Cookie Ninja Carve. You can find me at twitch.tv forward slash Cookie Ninja Carve. And these are my humble associates, Alejandro Dominguez. D- that's me. Uh, Instagram handle. Hold on. I got it. It's a. Oh no. It's Alex Dose <laughs> 8. That's complicated. Just look up Alex Dominguez. You'll find me. You know, the yeah. nice thing about Audacity is that it actually tells you how much time you have left recording based off of the hard drive that you are saving the file to. That's pretty nice. I can record for 26 hours, guys. For With that in mind, we're going to take an entire 26 hours of recordings just for you, our listeners, to realize how much we missed you. Uh, and if that wasn't actually, you know, relevant to uh, any of our old listeners and maybe definitely not relevant to our new listeners, that's our favorite sh- shy boy, um, Nikansi. We just spoke a second ago. Would you like to hit him with it again, Nikansi? Uh, the nice thing about Audacity is that it actually shows you the amount of time <laughs> that you have left for the audio file based off of your hard drive size. Uh, and there you have it once again so um, let's uh, wrap it all up that was a great episode guys uh, thanks for listening no really uh, what, uh, what, what does the format say we normally have shenanigans before we get into stuff but I think we should also kind of cut the shenanigans through all of it and you know no, we, can, we, can, well, we can be loose let's be loose um uh, but tight it's at the same time, loose like a and tight. Yeah, be real, be yes, real like it, like loose enough to where, like you know, they they can get in there and just kind of play around in this space, but tight enough to where, like, you still feel like warm and secure, you know. Not like unlike a burrito. A oh, oh, oh yes. yeah, okay, that's another one. Like okay, a bur- I... like a burrito, right? Mm-hmm. That's the mm-hmm. um. What did we oh. watch? Oh, we watched um, Wrath of Man, right? Yeah, how about that theater experience? Back in Dude. theaters, guys. What, like, yo, this is our our first uh, theater experience together as a podcast family since the whole pandemic started. So, Unfortunately, so. the pandemic hasn't ended, but the uh, fortunate part of it is that we can now go back to theaters, and that also includes bothering a adorable old couple with I'm our s- audacity. I'm so glad that you brought that up. Yes, we were seated directly. Uh, in, like, not only that, like, we announced our presence walking into the movie theater. Like, I think... Nikonsi like spanked you or punched you in your very sore legs and you proceeded to just No, she she hit me in my butt when we were passing through. And I was like and then be quiet. Chibi Yeah, and then uh, that's the when Myron was sister. like Yeah, that's when Nikonsi was like and then a little bit later we uh had swapped up to a seat uh, some seats that were, in my opinion, visually better positioned seats. Correct. Um, but more importantly, they were away from that uh, that uh, couple, and uh, then the Kansi jabbed me in the butt too. There was a lot of butt jabbing uh, that uh, I admit received. I was also practicing a twerk as I had been trying to get. You know, you know everybody knows the uh theater seat shuffle it's a very similar shuffle to when you're on an airplane where you're trying to get into your seat and you have to cross everybody's legs that was happening and uh Nikonsi took the opportunity was like man his squat game has not changed in a whole year that's a good butt and then he just fucking there, there was an audible slap it wasn't like the loudest audible slap but i'm pretty sure that Alex could hear it from like two seats down versus I definitely the old heard couple it. 
who was like four, four, four rows in front of us. You know, I didn't. You you were kind of that. asking for it a little bit by by going into that twerk. And I get it. I get the meme. You're like, hey, I'm shaking my butt in front of you. I might as well have good form. And um, you know, bravo to you, good sir, and good form on that twerk. We've been we've been at this for we've been at this for a bit and uh, again I th- I forget wow we we said what we're watch we watched right okay. we said we watched Guy Ritchie's <laughs> Wrath of Man starring Jason Statham Statham I do want to uh, shout yeah, out Statham that. wait okay <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Fucking, I really Statham. wanted to say Statham Statham, Statham. <laughs> Jason Statham um, I'm sure Jason Statham Jason Statham <laughs> correct Statham? Yes. I'm sure Jason how do you say it appreciates. how do you say it though. It's, it's for sure Statham. Statham. Are you Probably sure? With a, with an accent. Yes, Jason. Are, Jason. Jason Statham. We have access to the internet. We can look this up right now. Okay. I'm real quick, saying. I want to hear you guys do your best impression of Jason Statham intru- introducing himself. All right. How go, to Junior. pronounce Jason Statham? How to pronounce Jason Statham? Okay. Yes. Get the pronunciation, and then I want to hear. Okay. 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 Junior, do his best impression. Of him, it is Statham. It is Jason Statham. Okay, go, Junior. Go. Do I need to? Do I need to? I'll cue you in. Oh, oh, hi. Uh, Good evening, and welcome to to the Winston's uh, uh, annual ball. Uh, What name should I check you in under? No. Uh, Oh, okay. Well. Um, way to yes and me there. In this see the thing is, is that exercise. see the th- <laughs> the thing is, is that just you brought can't it to see and you and the podcast audience can't see the cold stare that I was giving. That literally says that I don't give a fuck. That's Jason Statham right there. That is signature Jason Statham right there, ladies and gentlemen. So. I'm gonna go ahead and give that a pass. It's, it's pretty good. Um, let let me try. Let me give it. Let me get, just let me try and just get into the character of just smolder and just yeah. good looking. Looks great in a cardigan, by the way. Um, okay, here I'll 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 set it up for you this time. Okay, okay. I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay, so we are on a nice little island. Uh, the breeze is brisk, um, mm. but not chilly. Oh, um, you can smell a little bit of the uh, saltwater sea next to you, uh, and you are uh, eating uh, pineapples as our show is about to begin. Well, hello there, Jason. How are you doing today? You know, we've got a funny little special. Everybody wants to know how to pronounce your last name. Jason, how could you introduce yourself for us? Yeah. Yeah, I I, I can do that. It's Statham. Jason Statham. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I 1,000% expected you to use your Jason voice for Jason. <laughs> <Same. laughs> I 1,000% uh, was expecting you to meme out and dro- throw us for a loop. Oh, uh, we oh, love you, Jason. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, no worries. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, it's, it's Statham. J- Jason Statham. <laughs> what, who serves saltwater tea? What it, what? What is that? That would have been a great... <laughs> I wish I thought about it, June. In fact, you should have done that. It's, you know, that would have been better audibly than a stare. Stairs are not very good audibly. You're right. That would have been a much better audio play joke. But I also like to think that they can feel my intensity. Oh, While you, it's shivers. that good of a Why smolder. You? While you guys are talking, I'm actually studying a bunch of J- uh, Jason Statham interviews, and I think I'm, oh, I, shit. I, I okay. got it down. Are you ready? You set him up, bro. He's actually kind of bubbly. 
No, he he's oh. actually hilarious. He's, he's really, he's really he's bubbly. Super fun. I yeah. feel like I'm watching like um like a Britney Spears interview. Or stop. That's how bubbly he is. That's <laughs> yeah, no, he's, no, so he's bubbly. yeah, he's, he's genuinely really excited in a lot of the interviews. Yeah, <laughs> dude, that's like Rosa no, Diaz which... from Brooklyn Nine Nine, and the actual actress Stephanie Beatrice who plays her. She's the most bubbly it's girl. Opposites. A hundred percent. It's so funny like, because. Like, like, you hear her regular voice, and you're like, "That makes sense." And then you hear her playing, um, uh, Rosa playing Diaz, yeah, yeah. Rosa, Rosa Diaz, right, right. Uh-huh. That's the character's name. It's been, a, it's been a bit. You, you hear her playing, and she like has to purposely like lower her voice and be husky, and try to deliver lines like this. Without trying to break character, and then sometimes she does, but it's okay because it was really fucking funny. Ha! She, she does it so good. She's so good, and that, and same with Jason. I'm actually more impressed by him now. Um, yeah. Speaking of which, uh, so let's set the scene. It's 1984. The Holocaust is still not a distant memory. And luckily, thanks to your heritage, you have the audacity to become an actor. This is an interview for... Ah, shit, I went too far back. He doesn't have a movie in 1994. Or 1984. It's the 90s. Uh, and, yeah, and, and it's, it's the late 90s. And so you've just um, worked with a newfound friend. Guy Ritchie on a movie called Snatch. Hey, uh, so uh, uh, Mr. Mr. Statham, um, what was it like working with Guy Ritchie? Well, my loneliness is killing me and I, I must confess I still believe when I'm not with you, I lose my mind. Give me a sign. Hit oh, me, oh, baby, okay. one more time. <laughs> uh, please don't DMCA us. That was my Jason Statham <laughs> as Britney that was pretty good impersonation. That was pretty, pretty good. It was a good impression of Jason uh, doing a, a read of one of Britney Spears' hit song singles. Um, let's get on with the podcast, guys. Um... I I actually wanted to do a Junior doesn't seem to have a gaming corner but I did want to touch lightly on Apex Battle Arena. Um I just kind of jumped on I just transitioned uh not that way from Call of Duty uh Warzone and I started playing Apex uh Legends. And the thing about like a I feel like a Call of Duty player um is that the thing that we struggle the most from going from like a regular just like first first person shooter just like fast action fast pace and going over to like a shooting loot where there's not as much fast pace action is we feel i feel like i just sucked at this game so they they started i think to appeal kind of to us uh the apex uh legends uh created a play mode called Developers. battle arena developers thank you sir uh so battle arena what what happens is you go you do three v3s it's kind of like a scrimmage in like kind of like a confined space and at the beginning of every round it's 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 whoever gets to three first right whoever gets three wins first you get 600 credits this is kind of where the looting portion kind of gets brought back in that way it's not just like you know your straightforward call of duty game you actually get to purchase a gun with the credits you get allotted at the beginning of the round and other special abilities for each legend and then you go play 3v3s on the arena you can actually do some looting as well but um it's it's pretty dope i think it's like a nice it it brings out different types of tactics as far as like what items you'll purchase in between rounds with the credits you're given 
Um, you can even pay to update your weapons in between. You get like 20 seconds to make these decisions and then jump onto the arena and, and play your 3v3s. Well, I uh, I didn't look that far into it, and obviously you're playing it, and you didn't mention that earlier. But realistically, like, like they they did do the research into actually implementing a mode that is one, it's it basically actually is derivative of its own game, right? And two, um, is training you for a lot of the more basic skills, but they're framed differently. Uh, in the confines of playing an arena where you can, like you were saying, you can actually actively purchase upgrades for certain guns and stuff. It's not just running around to loot stuff and figure out what can I get to defend myself. Uh, another thing that comes to mind is the balance idea because it being round-based, you have more active time engaging in the actual gunplay, which, uh, generally speaking, for a lot of battle royales the punishment for not surviving is you don't get to learn how to get good the only way you can learn how to get good is if you fail and you learn what's not going to work right? well, and and that was the hardest part too as again because when you're playing call of duty when you die you just respawn in five seconds as opposed to apex legends when you die it could you could have been on the map for like ten minutes because you landed somewhere far away from the action, and then get taken out in three seconds, and then you got to wait a whole ass like five minutes through mm-hmm. the loading screens. For context for our listeners, Alex didn't play a lot of Warzone, but the this is a gener- this is generally speaking a thing that applies to just again battle royales. You go in. And if you don't know how to properly assess what you have readily available to you and then use it well, you die. It's and a then whole... if you die, you're uh-huh. waiting for your next game. <laughs> yes, and that's the most frustrating part for somebody coming from like a basic first-person shooter. But this is what Battle Arena does allow you to do. It allows you, like, like June was saying, it allows you to practice getting good at the gunfights, strategizing on, you know, map movement and on the items that you have at the ready, like certain types of grenades, shield breakers, um, your shield regenerators. It's just, it's a really compressed version of the game that allows you to practice those skills. And then you can take those back to the regular mode, the regular battle royale mode and feel a lot more confident getting into a, uh, a gunfight so i i love it honestly oh, right we're running pretty uh we're running pretty far into the overall podcast but also with the game corner concert you have any games that you want to talk about hmm? yeah interesting things going on hmm? Hmm? No? Hmm? i just got total war three kingdoms for half off i'm excited to play that Oh, June. Total War is a really good series, and uh, from what I remember hearing about Three Kingdoms in particular, uh, China. <laughs> it's gonna be no. It's it's fun. Uh, it is. There's a lot of good modern systems for Total War that Three Kingdoms used. Uh, when was Three Kingdoms released? Actually, I believe it was just question. released of summer 2020. Yeah. So like, um, just. Uh, a lot of the total war games in the last like five to eight years like 2015 we're in 2021 jesus my god my brain uh 2015 around that it was released uh may 23rd 2019 2019 ah so i I was getting to i waited two uh, years total war is not a new franchise but um more importantly is that the development of the series and thus, the uh, way that they've been using these kinds of basically expansion levels of like, well, this is Three Kingdoms flavor, this is Warhammer flavor, etc. A lot of these um, have been building a lot on what was considered a really good core already. In a slightly related news, Final Fantasy XIV, um, I say slightly related because uh, China and Total War and uh, games. Yes, all these things are 
derivative of the fact that I am the host of the tiny game corner that is the entirety of our podcast and in the future will somehow develop into its own podcast like many things in my brain. It may never happen, but I want it to. Final Fantasy XIV's next expansion, Endwalker, is coming out in November, actually. It's super, super early. Uh, it was delayed because of COVID and the shenanigans involving the pandemic, but it's still earlier than I was anticipating, I feel. And uh, we are going to the fucking moon, motherfuckers. And uh, alongside that, I can cast Sword as a Sage, but also, more importantly, I can become the edgelord Mimi man that I know I am to be and become a Reaper. There is no current hard details on the actual class mechanics yet, but I am greatly excited for just the mechanics and the game design around that. More importantly, for most Final Fantasy fans, is that Final Fantasy XIV's Endwalker is going to be the end of an entire saga that we have had for this live action, this live service game, Final Fantasy A Realm Reborn, and its vanilla 1.0 release, Final Fantasy 14, technically have some connected storylines, but realistically, the storytelling has been A Realm Reborn, Heaven's Ward, Stormblood, Shadowbringers, and now coming to an end with Endwalker on the Moon. The moon, the fantasy space moon, crystal, alternate reality, shenanigans, moon. Dude, can I just say how well you delivered that right now? It's almost as if I've been practicing throughout all of my shenanigans. Almost. That is such my life, which reminds me, your boy's going to college. That's true. You are. Yeah, you're in college now, bro. Hey, me too, actually. Hey, the mouth. So, <laughs> I'm in college and I can't read, guys. <laughs> it's really awkward. Yeah, especially when they do popcorn reading, which is still a thing in college. I know it's 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 the source of everybody's anxiety. Um, what is popcorn was, reading? That's when you have you've never done that in school have have you done that oh no he definitely ha- he definitely has he just doesn't remember it as that it's when you randomly choose somebody in the audience to read uh-huh. as, and just hope that everybody's following along yeah i so love that. stressful dude i love popcorn i've never reading. been oh dude sixth grade was so scary for me because i had a teacher who loved doing that shit i was so stressed um uh the b- b- <laughs> battle uh uh like dude i was like what the fuck reading level even, went straight from sixth grade to second grade level it's a, it's a good way to help even kids for with me i had well no that's the thing is that it's a double-edged sword it doesn't help kids with anxiety because now they're being put on the spot you're not coaxing them out of it you're telling them on the spot do this uh i was actually going to say that our uh cousin who shall remain unnamed for the purposes of recording uh he absolutely hated it and it made his anxiety worse and uh whereas like me i was just i was confident in everything that i was i was already reading ahead at so far that i was keeping track of where they were and i was processing what i'm reading and what i'm listening to and would then just like huckleberry finn you're the n-word and then and so on and so forth and i got those idiots to paint my goddamn fence for me and all it took was two cents i sold the apples for five the end you know i think it all depends on the way the teacher has it done because yes it would be helpful for for people to face that that anxiety or else you never get the opportunity to challenge it but it also, if, right. they, if the teacher, you know, just helps them when they get stuck and and keeps them going and makes sure that it's a, you know, a positive environment, then it is great. But if if the other students... The, the negative connotation of it, literally, like, you're putting a, somebody on spot who, like, doesn't know how to respond to that, that, that isn't, that's negative reinforcement on them for... Now I don't like reading out loud. Yeah, but, but if you never put them on the spot, then they never learn how to face that. I, I'm with that. I feel it's, like, yeah, like, because... 
you have to I mean that's life. I mean we can't get too far away from allowing people to fail and if to you, learn from yeah, their if you, failures. If you're never put on the spot, you never fuck up. It's like uh, yeah. when when I would do performances, I hated doing performances until I just did them enough where okay, it's it's normal. And if I mess up, who cares? I just do my best. But that yeah. took that took literally like hundreds of of times of me going up there hating it but yeah the necessity but, of the yeah. of of having to perform um definitely made you your brain try and figure out a a, a solution to the problem how can i deal with this nervousness and and also how can i perform perform well despite of this nervousness so right. i feel you dude i i hear where you're coming from um, but we're also doing a podcast on movies. Um, but no, yeah, here, um, why don't you guys give your guy a, a quick, like impression of, uh, Jason Statham's wrath of man. Man's not hot. Man is quite tempered actually, but being tempered means that you could at any moment go south and become cold or become hot in which case he loses his temper mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in a sake for revenge revenge for whom why his son and so begins the tale of the wrath of man starring jason statham directed written by Kawashi. did you know this movie was actually a remake of an older film. No. That isn't Guy Ritchie's? Yeah. He remade this film. Which movie was that? The original film is called... Where is it? Oh, the original film is is a, is a movie from 2004 called cast truck it's just weird that we're remaking films from like the year 2000 (laughs) it's really weird yeah like at least keep it in the in the 90s i don't know i just don't think that making remaking movies from the early 2000s is really worth it i I don't think we've advanced our technology in cgi far enough for it to be much of a difference yeah, now I want to see. I want to watch this movie. Um, I understand why he remade it though, is because it's a French movie, so he made it into English, which is it's a great concept, which I'm, happens often. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's super interesting. I mean, they these these guys will like deliver cash to liquor stores to grocery stores not just banks like it's it's a it's a cool concept uh and and a rich territory to to dive into for for movie um do you do you guys want to like touch on any like uh badass moments in this movie the whole film the whole film, the whole film Very nice. is badass, Very nice. quick and you know, simple. And I appreciate, uh, I appreciate Guy Ritchie's use of firearms. It was badass and fun, but it did lose bullet count after the first couple of scenes, and uh, that will always be a point loss for me. Whenever I go in, because it was it was too far plausible. <laughs> whenever I go into a Guy Ritchie film, I never know. <laughs> If I'm going to really like the movie, or it, or just disdain it, he sometimes he has this weird track record where you're like, "Ha, this movie is awesome," and oh, this movie is completely forgettable. Um, but where do you think this one falls? I was actually thoroughly enjoyed. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I at first was watching it and I was like. Okay, I'm watching this movie for Jason Statham because this man is, he's an action legend now. He always plays a badass character. Uh, you can always expect him to uh, have 
awesome fight scenes where they're just completely entertaining as heck. And as I was watching this movie, I was like, okay, cool. We get Jason Statham right away. And then you start to hear the dialogue from <laughs> from <laughs> the the other people. Jason Statham typically doesn't talk much in his movies. Okay, so I never expect him to talk a lot. Um, he's a man of action. But, but listening to the dialogue of the other people, I was like, oh, I feel like I'm watching like a soap opera with this really weird, you know, just this flat delivery for lines and and <laughs> and uh i don't know if i want to plug into this as much as i thought i did until jason statham has his his first test into the into the 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 job and right off the bat the guy goes okay in order for you to work for us you have to get at least 70 percent passing of this test so you just have to be average to work for them not not too shabby uh but he purposefully hit 70 percent on the dot and then i was like all right okay jason and then insert more cringy dialogue more more scenes that i'm like meh and then near the end near the middle to end they start breaking down the uh the the heist and that is when it really drew me in and i woke up from my slumber and i was like all right i'm in <laughs> yeah no it was a good it was a good first like uh uh action scene on there um and it definitely showed you the level of you know what type of action like badassery we were in that store they were for. Yeah, it definitely set us up um, with the biggest of cock teases just for that beginning set. And then there was just so much dialogue, which, I mean, realistically, all that dialogue needed to exist. It was very important to the story and the storytelling. But at the same time, God, some of that dialogue was just too real in its delivery and shenanigans because like have you heard our podcast we do a lot of shenanigans talk a lot of that dialogue in that movie could have just been offhanded shenanigan talk yeah but you know what dude like it, it was kind of like <laughs> a low-hanging fruit shenanigan like talk that you hear at the office every single day so it which oh. was also combined with the like weird masculinity of being sec uh, being security guards well i mean in this case like the kind of masculinity levels like security guards are like low even though it is a dangerous job you know like bouncers are a little bit above security guards being doormen you know for some weird levels of respectability and then there's like these guys are uh they had to go through firearms training in order to actually be cash truck uh runners right yeah these are some tough so, guys like, there's some tough boys yeah so like they, they they have the toughness which also has the weird max masculinity and the dialogue showcases the weird di like a lot of the misogyny like in and the toxic masculinity that was going that goes on in that kind of environment yeah like, it for, for heaven for heaven's sake one of them is called boy sweat <laughs> It's pretty bad. There was definitely some gay <laughs> joke humor going on in there. But something I do want to point out, and and I'm sure Guy Richie did this on purpose. He he for sure cut up the movie into I think it was four acts, and the difference of the dialogue from the first act, uh, H, which is Jason Statham's character, uh, working in this um, uh, cash truck company. And then his origins, which I won't spoil, the dialogue between him and and the other characters in Act 2 just completely was night and day. And it was so much better. I don't know if you guys picked up on that on Act 2. I think he did that on purpose. He made everybody around Jason Statham's character just dumb. And it really showed how much of a a boss <laughs> jason statham was that guy was on 
on it for everything. Dude, I mean, he was just tearing up. Oh, how much can I say without saying too much? <laughs> I mean, it, it, right. It, spoiler alert. I don't think it's going to be too bad of a spoiler alert. Let's just let's just say, you know, uh, he was just tearing up the the crime underworld trying to accomplish you know what he was after and it was just it was crazy you can i I mean me as the the watcher i could feel the chaos that was coming because of what he was doing so yeah they did a fantastic job at that i want him to be like the new james bond (laughs) jason statham yeah or or this like this this character this character. This hmm. character. I just. I need a series of this guy just going around killing people, in in <laughs> inventive waves. It did have kind of John Wick vibes, right? It did. It did. I think I, I, I almost. I just like, the way, Jason Statham's action movies, um, go compared to even even John Wick. Mm-hmm. I prefer this kind of action over over John Wick actually. And everybody loves John Wick. I love John Wick. Um and this may be an unpopular opinion, but I think as a martial artist, I I think I like Jason's uh martial arts and choreography uh more. He's really just it's just a preference of style. Yeah. Honestly. It's really just one shot, one kill, which I mean John Wick he he does that as well sometimes but but jason statham is just all of his action scenes are just so much more lethal they're they're lethal they're like economic you know what i mean they're 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 efficient which yeah it it just it's for it makes for such good pacing which we all know guy Ritchie is is famous for Speaking of which is also what I was going to say is that uh, when we were watching the film, we made you guys in particular made, uh, you know, did make a comment on like the shenanigans of the first acts talking. But it's like you said, I, I have a big brain. And so I immediately picked up on the like the act change and the tone changes. There were four short films in the span of that two hour film. It was really cool. I, I loved how he did it. Um, okay. Each act had a, had a very small, but like you could tell in the pacing, each act had its own small kind of climax as it would reveal more and more things. And then the actual climax of the movie is essentially the entirety of the final act when everything's going coming to uh, concluding, you know? Yeah, we were, the heist was revealed to us. And then that puts into context the entirety of everything else that came before that part of the film. And then the action of what was happening. I I love how well the actual heist itself was executed or just the, just the plan itself. Um, I don't know. I was just impressed. I was like, this is a good plan. They're going to get away. Like type of thing. Um, but do you guys do you guys have anything else you guys want to add before we jump into our number rating for the movie? This is uh, the fifth film that Guy Ritchie has worked with Jason Statham on. Ooh, name them off, dude. I think they're worth mentioning just for like people who want to um, jump into this genre. The, I know. I think the first two are Lock, Stock, Smoking Barrel, oh, and Snatch, but I don't know about after that. Sorry, four, fourth film. Fourth film. Four films. Okay, yeah. okay. Go for it. It was... I have it right here. Darn. It is... It was... Okay, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Uh, I'm pretty sure he was in Snatch as well. Yes. Yep, he was in Snatch, which is... That, that's a really good movie. And Revolver. I need to watch that film. I haven't seen Revolver. And then this movie, Wrath of Man. So his first two films, 
which made Guy Ritchie super famous. Uh, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, and then Snatch. Those were phenomenal films that I still go back and watch. Um, and I then, think these are yeah. I think they're totally worth it going back and and watching these movies that like are pretty recent, but. I bet you when we go back and watch them since it's been so long, we're going to be like, oh, shit, times were different, like, not just 20 years ago. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, and and Guy Ritchie really does like to make fucked up jokes, which is why I like watching his movies. Yeah, you it, need fucked up jokes, man. And I hope those don't go away. <laughs> he always, in every single movie, uses the word cunt. You can count it. <laughs> count on him doing he's, he's, it. The only one that he, he's really good at peppering it in. Yeah, he he even threw that in Aladdin when he directed it. What? Yeah, I was like, yeah, it's crazy. Watch Aladdin again, and it's when Genie <laughs> fr- is talking to the magic carpet. Watch, watch what it. Watch shit? it. Yeah, go back and see it. I for- I forgot that guy Richie did Aladdin. You know, I did not like the way he directed Aladdin. It's cause just cause Guy Richie he has this he tries some interesting things with his camera work and he even did it in wrath of man where um jason statham is sitting in the passenger side of the car and he does this weird like zoom in and zoom out when he's talking that that is not used in films he always does something are we talking about like the tiktok zoom in yeah like it was weird no it was weird. That's interesting. I was like, "Why'd you? Why do you use that?" But but he always does um, interesting camera work. Like it it worked. It was just like I just looked at it. and I was like, "That's different," but it worked. Mm. <laughs> it took me. Yeah, it, I wasn't disappointed. Yeah, yeah. Um. Okay. I think I think I'd like to talk about uh, my number rating. Um. I'll start off first because I feel like you guys are gonna be a little more on the positive light. Okay, let's see what you're gonna. No, get. you know what? No, let's see. What I was gonna, gonna give it a six out of ten, but it's a seven out of ten just because of how well the heist, um, was was executed. Just like the plan was was amazing, and then just the action and the character and the absolute hurricane that Jason Statham's character was in this movie. Um, just had a big impact on my opinion on this movie. So I'm so I'm gonna give it a seven out of ten. I agree. I give it a seven out of ten because Jason Statham is like the man in this movie. He is just yeah. uh uh he's he's a he's a cold character that is exacting his revenge and and with precision everything that he did in the movie was with precision to even how he was taking um a simple disagreement with with somebody that was jealous of him he he had it like he had it all planned out and executed before the guy even talked to him that's true yes yes i i know exactly what part you're talking about and and listeners when you get to that point you'll be happy i will also be giving it a 7 out of 10 and the thing i wanted to mention is that we are three different people who have shared interests so perspective is you know important but also like if somebody like if you're not a fan of guy Ritchie and you're not a fan of jason statham (laughs) or a fan of cool action film not, not for you this has movie. a minor yeah. heist <laughs> heist plot and has a really cool just vengeance story like you're not going to want to see this film no, you're right not perspective like it. yeah if you are a fan of guy Ritchie, if you're a fan of jason statham you're gonna enjoy if it. you want a cool ass revenge story if you wanted a bullet count don't come here <laughs> i am always counting bullets <laughs> but this was a 
just an incredibly solid movie. This was great. This was so much fun. I can't believe we got to go to a theater and and almost ruin a old couple's night because we were having fun you, at so many different points of this movie. And you know, movie a senior couple that <laughs> was a fan of Jason Statham, which I just absolutely adore. Movies are not easy to make. They are extremely difficult to make. The more I study about the filmmaking process, it's. <laughs> Be, like the director's role is is extremely difficult, and he has to pull every single person's uh, um, on on that set, pull them into unison. Even you know between lighting and everything, everybody has to work together on top of having a a good director and a good lead cast to drive a film. And right. The same thing is is said for the game industry when it comes to game design and pulling in all these different things and how do you interpret it and how do you get it to eventually go through understanding how physics works, how you can program these physics, how you can implement those physics into whatever world you're doing on top of what story you're telling, what art direction the whole thing is going, the music that goes along with it. Being a director is hard. Putting these projects together is hard. We're not, like, you know, not enjoying this, but we're also being pretty understanding of, like, do you know how many people had to work on this thing to get it, get here? If you're not a fan of Guy Ritchie and you're not a fan of Jason Statham and you're going to try and drag this movie through the mud, like, come on, man. Yeah, come yeah, on. wrong movie for you. <laughs> See, okay, let's go. Yeah, you... <laughs> so, he actually... I mean, Guy Ritchie has a good track record. So he's got Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, Snatch, a movie called Swept Away, uh, which is an adventure comedy romance. I have not seen that. That, that won him amazing. an award for... Also, it's Aladdin? That won an award for uh, <laughs> Worst Director. And then he's got Re- Revolver. Then he's got Rock and Rolla. Then he's got Sherlock Holmes 1 and 2 with Robert Downey Jr., which I love those films. Uh, then he's Me got too. the man from uncle, which is a spy film with Superman. Then he's got King Arthur, legend of the sword, Aladdin, the gentleman, and then wrath of man. Yeah. He's got a really good track record. Rock and Rolla is a really good fucking movie. I love that. Show. I think that was <laughs> one of my first Guy Ritchie films. Like, I'm sure I've watched some of the other ones without even realizing it, that they were Guy Ritchie. Oh, but... God, wait, that had Gerard, that had Gerard Butler. Yeah. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> and Idris He's Elba. So hilarious. He did what? And Idris Elba's in that, and Tom Hardy. That had a good cast. I'm going to rewatch Just that movie. Powerful. Yeah, dude, I've watched that movie, like, five times. It's, it's, it's amazing. Um... Uh, well, after every movie review, we always like to end it on a funny or happy note, um, uh, you know, along with the positivity behind being a movie reviewer and trying not to be too critical in a, in a toxic way. Um, we like to do something that's called what the fuck moment where we'll just, share a moment during the movie that made us say what the fuck and i think mine was not necessarily shocking but it was surprising at you know just how cuddly jason statham looks in cardigans (laughs) he had so many like it just contrasted the person that he was his his energy that he gave off he's like Hmm, how do I seem unsuspecting and safe? Cardigan. I know. <laughs> Cardigans. So I just really like that wardrobe decided to go with those uh, cardigans for Jason. Um, and um, yeah, thank you for that. Yeah. It would be really yeah. funny if he, uh, if Jason Statham somewhere in his contract said, I must be allowed to choose at least one of the outfits for my character. <laughs> And it was cardigans. Okay, Jason, we can give you one article of clothing. It's like cardigans. Ah, Imagine being killed by somebody wearing a cardigan. 
that's the worst thing that I want. Like, I don't ever want to die with that. That's that's even worse than dying while pooping. It's like, <laughs> you just got killed by a dad that shops at Gap. <laughs> or old I baby. bet you bought that at Costco. <laughs> you just got killed by a dad that dresses like Drake. Okay, but Drake also be looking comfy in cardigans. Yes, he do be looking comfy in cardigans. He probably made cardigans popular. I'm just saying. Jason Statham was probably watching a Drake music video and said, you know what? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to wear that cardigan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jason Statham watching Drake videos tracks 100%. In a similar vein, <laughs> if we lived in a climate that allowed me to, I definitely would be wearing cardigans on stream to give off the chill vibes as well as the shenanigans that I bring. Uh, how about Jason Statham's suit wardrobe? How about that? Oh, yeah. He was on top of it. Mm, he, Dapper man. Such a good. Great. Great wardrobe. He, great. He makes me want to go buy suits. <laughs> Let's go to My LA, bro. What the fuck moment? But I, I, I just like to wear pajamas all day since COVID. Just that's okay. Yeah. You mm-hmm. are a ninja, kind of. <laughs> um, yeah. What was your what the fuck moment, Junebug? I'm gonna be honest. My biggest what the fuck moment is the entirety of the movie making Josh Hartnett into a fucking pleb. I love Josh Hartnett, and I wanted him to. I wanted him to be a cool character, and instead he was just a, just a loser, an asshole. <laughs> yeah, and he hasn't. Like, I feel like he hasn't. I'm not like <laughs> he hasn't been well. He actually hasn't stopped acting. He's been making a lot of movies, but right. But I like cool Josh Hartnett, not mean Josh Hartnett. <laughs> Like, I did not enjoy him. He was just in this movie. He yeah. was just a, I was like yeah. Josh. Why would you choose this role for yourself? You could have chose any other role, but you know it's a chance for him to work with Guy Ritchie. So hey, if I had to play a shitty role uh, at first, okay. May I'm I- just gonna uh, leave before that is uh, leave it with. Uh, one of my favorite Josh Hartnett movies is still Bunraku. That movie was just amazing. Oh, I didn't get to watch that. Uh, I was actually going to recommend a Josh Hartnett movie, which was Lucky Number Slevin. Oh, yeah. I love that movie. I saw that in theaters. That movie is fantastic. Lucy Liu was great in that movie. It, it was just good all around. I'm, I'm going to check that one out. Uh, what was it called? Black what? Bunraku. Bunraku. B U N R A or B U N R A K U. R U R A? Yeah. R A. Just found it. Nice. Nice. Thank you, sir. Also, Woody Harrelson is in it. Ron Perlman was in it. Gact was in it. Also, like this this movie has a great cast. It's a great movie. It was incredibly entertaining. Another good Josh Hartnett movie 40 Days and 40 Nights. Come, come on! Yes, yes, a hundred percent. No, and dude can't. Thirty days of night—that's a fantastic vampire film. With Josh he was in that. Yeah, yes. and that was based off a comic book. I saw that one in theaters. That movie was really well done. I see. It, it was crazy. I'm yeah, a, it was good. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be honest with you guys. I also think that uh, Black Hawk Down is a good Josh Hartnett movie. Cl- yeah, it's a classic Josh Hartnett movie. No, of course, right? You can't, you can't start or or watch Josh Hartnett without watching his Black Hawk Down. That was that was one of my first war movies, so it was it was bloody, but it was good. He <laughs> was also shocked. He also did a a fantastic job in oh actually Sin City. That was a good movie. Uh, it's been there. a minute. I gotta go back and watch those. Okay. Um, He's been doing a, he did a good job in Penny Dreadful too. Yes, he did a really good job. He did a bad job in The Faculty, playing opposite of. of <laughs> I love that we're going through Josh Hartnett's entire IMBD and just, just real quick, guys. Just, let's just go just through saying. his discography just and, or fil, fil, filmography and just. 
you know? Oh. Give it a quick Crazy. Did you know that he was a producer for Kid Cudi's Pursuit of Happiness music video? How about that? Wow. What What the fuck, Josh? What? Whoa. See? And this is why I'm happy that we went through it because we found that out. That's huge. That's insane. Yeah. Cons, do you have a do you have a what uh, what the fuck moment? Yes, I do. Tell me. So, you know the part where, um, it was this uh, it was like an awesome what the fuck moment when he yes. It's from my badass scene where he is passing the test and he shoots the target uh, in in those spots. And you're like, well, that's random, but he's very exact. <laughs> but they weren't random. It was the kidney, the spleen, the liver, and then the heart. Oh, fuck. I didn't even put those together. You didn't even you didn't even realize that? Alex. Nope. Alex, you nope. have to activate your brain. That's how that's how far back. They seemingly are random. And because of this also correlates to the fact that he's aiming for quote seventy percent, right? But he's being so exact. That target was literally boom, 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 and then whatever shot they were purposely missed. You know, I really like I love it. See, Guy like, Ritchie did it again because when he made the gentleman he did the same thing. He told you what was going to happen at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> and then he's like, all right, you're on for the ride. This is how it happens. <laughs> this is this is how we get to, to that place. Um, dude, fucking fucking all around like good, good movie. Uh, highly recommend it to to anybody who's just itching for like a good, simple, good old fashioned like like action movie simple but well executed yeah yes that's the thing there's nothing wrong with simplicity like if you execute it well that dude you got a masterpiece i mean like like just just to uh you know reiterate simplicity and high execution and certain in certain ways anybody can do it the dish known as uh I'm probably going to mispronounce it. Kakio, uh, kakio y Pepe. It's just a pasta dish. You know how simple it is? How simple is it? <laughs> Black pepper, Parmesan cheese, spaghetti water. Mm. That's your sauce. All right. And then whatever pasta you're using. But like the starch water from that pasta. That, that's it. Sounds bomb. I'll try some. But but it's it's so simple, right? And then I'll have it's a, like I'll have a plate. Can I have a? Can I have definitely a look look at look it up and tell me how simple that is. I I will not on the podcast. I'll try. No, okay, all right. I'm gonna put my pots and pans. I was gonna try and make it now, but okay. Um, <laughs> well, dudes, it, it it's so good to be back. I'm I'm uh, I've been. Waiting so long to hand me the to, salt to shaker. With you guys. Hand me the salt shaker. Oh, oh, oh Jesus. Okay, so no salt. We we gotta go. We we're we're about to get into some some baking. But thank you so much, guys, for coming back. It needs listening. a little bit more butter. And add um, no no add butter. All the emulsification is in the. Okay, wait, chili oil. I'll 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 give you I'll give you a slight pass on that. But give like, me the Mexican cheese. Butter to it. The Mexican cheese. <laughs> We thank you for listening, the co- guys. The cotija. Why is it called we'll Mexican cheese? This has been Hidden Shadows of the Secret Chamber. Oh, our plugs. I don't know why guys. it's called Mexican cheese. It's weird. <laughs> Lucerne Mexican cheese yeah. in the cheese aisle at Vons. Um, make sure you guys go follow us uh, on Instagram at hstsc33. Uh, Nikanti has been running that page and has been doing a phenomenal job do- at that. Might I add? Um, go watch the sc- the stream and 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 follow, subscribe, whatever you feel like doing. Uh, it is Cookie Ninja Carve dot tv forward slash. I fucked it up. It's been so long, <laughs> Junior. You, you do you, it. How do you? 
Eject button. Do you fuck? How do you not know how to do a hilariously quick infomercial plug? Like, go and follow for some shenanigans and 